Uh, let's, uh, let's, let's keep going on in John, you guys, if you want to open your Bibles or turn on your devices, whatever, whatever your Bible looks like these days. We'll be uh, finishing up, or not finishing up, but we'll be continuing on in John chapter 15. So that's where we're at, you guys. This, this John has been, I don't know, I don't think anybody would disagree. Like this study through John has just been amazing. It just, like Rory has said, in, in, as he is study but like even as as we're being taught it is just rich and deep and full and thick and it's it's just an amazing part of God's word and last week Rory taught on the on the first part here in chapter 15 and man it was one of my favorites I was so excited to be here to hear that it's one of my just abiding in in the Lord and him abiding in us and so so here we are we're going to continue on in John and um that's what Christ was explaining you know, the importance of is continuing on the relationship with him, you know, and so the relationship that was, uh, we were talking about last week of the abiding was the relationship, um, of in, in Christ and of Christ. And today what we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about the relationship of believers and with each other, the body of Christ, the relationship of the believers of the believers to each other, okay? And so, the, you know, I don't know if we'll get there today, and it's going to continue on, then it's going to go into the relationship of believers to the world, okay? So th- these are just really great sections. These are, obviously, it's the Word of God, and it applies to us, but it really it really applies to us, I think, um, especially as we're going out through these times and what we're in right now. I mean, there's some there's some hectic things going on, and and some confusion, and and um, man, a lot of this stuff, you know, Satan's just smiling and grinning because he's he's kind of moving and getting to work and do his thing, and so there's just some it's just appropriate and the perfect timing, of course, of God's sovereignty to um, teach us through John in in these areas, and so as we get into this, you guys, we need to remember that we're in this part of John that. That's, there's five chapters, 13 through 17, of it's this, this same um, situation, the same time of what's going on in these five chapters is, is um, Jesus in the upper room with his disciples, right? And so play the movie in your head as, as we read through this and as we go through it. And, you know, this is, this is an important time because this is... This is the night, all through these five chapters, right? This time of being in the upper room. This is this is the, the same night that he's going to be betrayed, right? This is the night before he's going to be crucified. So Jesus understands and he's in the importance of his message and his encouragement and what he, his, he's teaching here because, like, the clock's ticking. He knows what's coming. At this point... Judas has already betrayed him and, and left um, left the room, or hasn't betrayed him yet, I guess, but he's he's been um, called out and left. But um, it's still, it's, 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 it's this important moment where in this upper room, it's a serious and a direct conversation Jesus is having with his disciples, okay? And, and the conversation is, you know, and it's, again, it started last week in last week's teaching, but it's just this relationship that he doesn't want to end. 
He wants this relationship to continue because he knows he's going away, right? Right, and next chapter, chapter 16 is where he goes on to tell the disciples, you know, um, that he's going to go and be crucified. And so he knows this is coming. And so he wants this relationship to continue. The same way we're continuing through this, the book of, the book of Acts right now. And so that, that absolutely applies to us, right? So, but don't forget though, when this, for this relationship to continue, it's only if, if we back up to verse 10 that Rory taught on, if Jesus says, you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I, as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. Okay, so that's, this relationship will continue. Jesus wants it to continue if we keep His commandments. And we're going to get into his, some of His commandments. He's saying continue, abide, and I'll continue to abide in you. That was last week, okay? This week, I'll read to you. We're going to start in verse 12. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you my friends. For all things that I heard from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should, be, you should go and bear fruit. And that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask in the Father, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. These things I command you, that you love one another. Father God, I just want to pray to you right now as we dig into the, today's teaching, Lord. Would you just ring this out in our head? Would you just... Open our hearts and minds to truly think about and meditate on how much you love us and how much you desire us to continue that love that you've shown us. Continue it to the world, God. Speak to us in your word. Speak to each individual today as, as you just have them where you have them, Lord God. And But nevertheless, it is to draw all of us and everybody near to you, especially in tough times. We just pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, let's dive into it, right? So, when we, as we read through this, between verses 10 and 17, we see the word command or commandments. Like, it's like five times. It's a serious and direct conversation, right? Jesus understood the need for relationship. That's what these parts of this chapter is about. Relationship with Jesus. Relationship with other believers. Relationship with with the world and the promise of the Holy Spirit. Direct conversations, okay? The need is to love one another. So we just read. That's the need, to love one another. We're gonna it's gonna sound redundant, you guys, but like Jesus was redundant about it in here, so it's important. We're just we're doing what Jesus does right now as we go through this. So the disciples, the disciples are there. They're in the room with Jesus, the upper room. Okay. 
And Jesus understands this need of relationship. And Jesus understands that they're very different people. Just like all of us here today and anybody that we're, that's listening in, like we're all different people, right? We're not just like exactly the same and we just, oh man, everybody gets along perfectly and everything, you know, there's never any issues. That's, that's just not how it is. And it wasn't like that for the disciples that we got to walk with Jesus and be with Jesus. They were very different. But through and with Jesus, they could be one body. I feel like we know that well as Calvary Chapel Prineville. I, I feel like this is a, this is a, you know, a church that, that as the people that make up the body of churches is just like aligned for the most part and in tune, you know, and just, just a strong body. We've seen that, we've seen that throughout you know, what the Lord's done in this particular body. And so that's, it's the same idea. Through Jesus and with Jesus, one body. A, just a sound body, a well-oiled machine, right? You know, when, uh, just thinking about that and thinking about our church and, and um, man, just how, how incredible the Lord has blessed us as a church. You know, the gospel, we, we are this, this well-oiled machine that just, um, works together as one body. This, this, this idea that Jesus is, is speaking to the disciples here, you know, and what is it for? It's for the gospel's sake, right? It's for the gospel after, in this context, after Jesus leaves, he's gonna, he's gonna leave them and Jesus was the glue, right? They held them together. God walking on earth with them, guiding them and um, teaching them. And he's about to leave. And so how do we do it? Well, it's right there in verse 12. That we love one another as Jesus has loved us. You know, when we think back through the gospel, we already know that they've been... The disciples, they've already, when we're talking about the difference of people, we, we've seen how they've already squabbled with each other and who's going to be first in the kingdom and, and this and that. You know, there's, there's lots of that stuff. And so Jesus knows that, you're right? He knows everything. And, and so there's, there's this message of, um, to the relationship of believers. Jesus' message is very, very important. Telling them and telling us today to deny ourselves. And deny and flee from sin. Deny self and sin. Live for me and love one another is what Jesus says. You know, I, we think about that, right? Okay, the movie should be playing. Is Jesus already knows he's going to leave. And he, but he, you know, he knows his people. And he just knows the, the friction that can be in there. And it just, you guys are going to think this is silly. But I was instantly just thinking in my mind when I'm playing this. Like, the, have you guys seen the, the old original Jungle Book, the movie? And you got like, there's some point in that where the, like, I think all the elephants are marching along or something. You got the two buzzards sitting up on the tree and they're just like, you know, everybody's leaving. It's gone. And like, well, what you want to do? I don't know what you want to do. And just like back and forth, back and forth. And pretty soon like, one's like, oh no, don't start that again. You know, so it's just like, I just picture this of like, the guys are looking at each other. You know, this is like kind of foreshadowing of, of like after Jesus leaves, they're like, what are we going to do? You know, the glue's gone. What's going to happen? And Jesus is saying, no. You know, 
don't leave. Don't don't go back to your families and your old business and stuff. Like this gospel, this loving one another, this this being the church body has to continue on. So Jesus says, no, keep the band together, guys. This is what this is why I got you up here in the room, just a, a private message with you guys. Like, keep the band together. You guys got work to do. You got music to play. Tell the world. They've got a savior. The savior is the savior's gonna leave so that the helper can come and be with everybody at the same time. And he, you know what he says? He's not he's not saying, could you please do this? Or you guys, I really think it'd be a good idea. He says, This I command you, this is a commandment. And that commandment is, again, you guys, again and again, to love one another as Jesus has loved you. When the church nails this, you guys, it's incredible, isn't it? Those of us that were here um, when we bought the, the church building, right? And the remodel that had to happen so fast. Did anybody that was here, and you guys have heard about it, that weren't here maybe, but it was incredible. Absolutely incredible. The body, this is what we're talking about. The body coming together, working together, getting stuff done for the kingdom. I, work, I spent a lot of my life working in construction. Had my own business, building houses, then went into traveling construction. So I got to work with all kinds of people, some very, very big jobs. And you know what I know about coming together and, I, and, I, and I, I'm talking about the like the example of our church building and how, how we came together to work together is like those big jobs it was always a time crunch always always behind like they had to get it done because a, a lot of the, the superintendents and the hires up like they you know they got some pretty good bonuses if they got the job on done on time or early and so it was always like hurry up and throwing all the manpower at it a bunch of people all together working over the, over the top of each other and and you guys could imagine, and I saw firsthand and know for a fact, you know what that causes? Pointing fingers and, and fighting and not getting along and all these things. But what happened in, when we were that church building with that remodel where everybody was crawling all over the top of each other? Everybody was happy and like you walk in that room and it was just happy. And it, it doesn't make sense in a construction world, I guarantee you that. But that's, that, that's the Jesus in the middle of of being Christ's body and being together as a body and our relationships together as believers. That's how that works. We got to see it as Calvary Chapel Primeville. We got to see that firsthand, those of us that were involved with that. And it was amazing. It was absolutely incredible. It was, it was incredible that you had, you know, maybe guys that have used to do She-Rock don't do it anymore. They know how it kind of is not the greatest job when you get to texture and sand and do the um, ceiling and it's falling down all over you, but what was happening? And got, those guys were like, you know what? I'm going to do this, even though it's not a fun job. You know what? I'm going to be the one that's going to do this. Like, I think, you know, you're, you're an electrician. You should be, go to the electrician stuff. It makes sense. So you got to, we got to see that and feel that where people were just putting their brothers and sisters in front of them before themselves to, about the mission of God. And that's what he's talking about. Praise the Lord we got to see that and experience it. It makes it tangible to us, I think. Right? And he did it. We did it. And Jesus did that through us. And, you know, it says, as Jesus would say, as I loved you, we should love everybody else. You guys, I want to love people like that. 
I want to love people like, like Jesus loved me, loves me, not past tense. You know, he suffered and died for me and rose again from the grave for me. He did it for you guys too. He did it so I could live. You guys, I was headed to hell. No question. And he saved me. Jesus saved me. And it's the same story for a lot of you. So someone might say, well, Joe, how do you know you were saved? Because well, I was there when it happened. I remember it. No one can take that away from me. I was there. It happened to me. He saved me. Right? It's the awesome thing about our testimonies. Pretty hard for someone to argue with you about it. You were there. It happened to you. And so I pray that, guys. I pray that we would all just want to love each other the way Jesus loved us. Die for one another, right? And there's, there's so many ways that we can do that. So how can we do this? How can we lay down our lives for others? You know, the list can go on and on and on and on of how, like, I can do this for someone, I can do this for someone. Yes, right? The, the list goes on and on of how we do this. But however that list is, and you guys fill in the blank, however that list looks like, whatever it is, and, and it changes, we grow and move and, and um, life continues on, but... How we do it is that, you know, those things that, that we're doing in, for our brothers and sisters, it needs to be out of love, and it needs to be for the greatness of Jesus. It needs to point to Jesus when we're doing these things. It's not a, it's not a, a thing to just to make us feel good and we get to tell someone, hey, just so you know, I, I, did, I changed the tire alongside the road for these people and and the person was a real big pain after I changed the tire. Then they wanted money for fuel. And, and then so I was telling them, man, you need Jesus, you know, like. But I just want you guys to know what a good job I did. That's not what it's about, right? It's just loving people and so that they can see Jesus through us. So they can see the greatness of Jesus. Not the greatness of ourselves. So you guys, I'd ask you a question, each and every one of us. It's a question for me too. You know, is this what he's telling us? Yes, 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 it is. It's exactly what he's telling us. You know, this, this teaching right here, this impacted John so much. The Apostle John. That um, you can find in the, the writings from the early church that... John was so old, and they would pack him into the to um, into these areas to teach. And you know, there would always be the questions. You know, obviously people know knew who John was, and they would come to hear him and teach. And and the, the question would always come up to him. It says that that they would ask him, you know, what what must we know? Another question would always be, you know. How do we live the life of a Christian? And, and John would always say, always, 
Little children, love one another. That's what he would tell them when, as John got, he was teaching till he was old, he couldn't walk. That was always his answer. Just over and over and over is what the, the writings of the early church tell us. And you know what? It, it got to a point where people got tired of hearing the same answer. And so then finally they would ask him, well, why? And he would give, he would give two answers. And I love the first one because this is just how God made me, and, and I'm thankful for it, and so it, it makes sense in my mind. And he would just simply say, because it's a commandment of the Lord. That's right. You know, like in my mind, I'm like, yeah, enough said. I, I, don't need to, I don't need to argue with my dad. I know better. But, you know, another answer he would also give is, um, it alone is enough. This is very... It was such an impact on John. That, that was his go-to, and that's what he would tell people. These, these words from Jesus were very serious and very direct. These words were, were and are essential for us today. I don't know how long that's been. That's verse 12. Let's go on. What do you guys think? Let's go a little farther today. Verse 13, greater love has no one than this, that to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. He's speaking of the greatness of his love for us in doing what? Laying down life, one's life for his friends. And he says, there's no greater love. There's no greater love than this. It, kinda, it goes hand in hand. Yes, he's talking to believers and them with other believers. But he's, it's just like, it's also talking about, like, he did this. He's going to, in this, where we're at in the Bible, like, he's going to do this. There's no greater love. It's like this, this foretelling of there's no greater love. He's going to do this. To lay down his life for his friends. It is so great. We should all we should all follow this example and remember these words in John chapter 15. Verse 15. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all things. I heard from my Father, I have made known to you. To me, this is like right out of the gate, it's a little bit confusing, right? No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all the things that I've heard from my Father, I have, I have made known to you. So it's confusing because he's supposed, to like, he's supposed to be the Lord of our life, right? We're supposed to be servants of Jesus. So... How does the friend thing come into there? Are you the Lord of my life? Am I a servant? Are you my friend? How, does the, are, how do those things work together? In, in, the, in the words of David Guzik, the answer is just like, yes. To all of that, yes. Absolutely. All of those things. You know, our prayer should be, you know, Lord... I want you to be my Lord. 
Like, and really what that means, Lord of my life, ruler of my life. Lord, I want you to, I want to be a servant of God. These should be, these should be our prayers. These are, these are my prayers. I want to obey all the commandments that you have for me, Lord. These, these commandments that we've been talking about. Man, I, I want to obey them. I want to be considered a friend of the king. Think about that. Especially, that's, a, that's a special spot. Being a friend of the king. Back in this time, when um, Jesus is up here in the upper room with the disciples in that era, you know, servants were just considered, and this goes into, you guys, if I'm losing you, this goes into this, like, where it kind of sounds confusing of how can all these things be crammed into one with our relationship with God. But um, back in that day, you know, um, servants were just considered tools with skin, right? And it's the same kind of, we know, like, even through slavery and all that stuff, the same idea. Just just tools that had skin draped over them, right? And so, when you think about that, like, I need a tool, I just use it, and when I'm done with it, I put it away. Or I have a tool, and it wears out, and I throw it away, and I go get another one. And it's just, there's no relationship there or anything. It's just like these servants used to be back in the day. And so, thinking about that, Jesus says to all of us, you're more than that. You guys are my friends. How about this, you guys? Think about this. You guys are my partners. Doesn't that make sense? Being being partners with Christ, if you think about it? Does he he need us to get his, his will done, his job done, the creator of the world? Absolutely not. But is this how he designed it? Absolutely, that's how he designed it. But what I mean by partners is, the partners go out and share the gospel, tell people about Jesus. Show people how to love each other well, right? You can ask anybody, any non-believer, any secular person, and you you could ask them, say, if you're, you're conversing with them, like, okay guys, if everybody lived by the word of God, lived by the Bible, would the world be a better or worse place? And if they were honest, they would have to say, well, of course it would be a better place. But then they're immediately going to fire off. But nobody's going to, not everybody's going to do that. Which they're right. But it still doesn't change the fact that it's it's true. If everybody would be partners and friends with Jesus of this, go out and tell the world and live by these commandments and, and, and be able to relate with people and the testimonies of, yes, I'm a, I'm a backslidden sinner, but... You know, Jesus keeps lifting me up and we keep moving forward and I have hope because of that, right? It's amazing friendship and partnership. I had this awesome conversation with um, with my um, daughter, Quincy. Quincy, come here. Get up here. Yeah, right now. Come on. Come here. No, she ain't going to do it. I'm trying to get the whole family up here somehow in my sermon. So anyways, she's just my little helper. She wants to work with me all the time. I love it. She likes to dress like a rancher. She, uh, So she was with me yesterday. And we were going around working and doing chores. And um, 
and just a, just an awesome time. And she was explaining to me that she's going to be a um, Starbucks worker and a rancher. Uh, well, that's, that's really good. That's awesome. And uh, the only catch is that I have to, she told me that I have to build her a house on the ranch that her and her husband can live on and supply them with a pickup to go to Starbucks to work every day and then come back. And somehow she hasn't worked out where she's going to be able to do both. But, you know what, my wife owns stock in Starbucks as much as we go there. <laughs> Anyhow, so, more of the marriage intensive stuff. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, Quincy, she, we, we were in the house after working and we were eating lunch and she was, um, <laughs> I love it, she just loves me, she's so great. She says, Dad, I love you so much. I'm like, oh, I love you too. And she's like, I'm so thankful God made you. And I said, oh, thanks, sweetie, I appreciate that. And, um... You know, yeah, I'm glad God made you. And she says, well, who made God? I said, well, nobody made God. He just, he created existence. You know, he, he just was, he was there before there was anything. So he created it. And she goes, she sits there for a minute. She's looking down. She looks up. She's like, man, he must have been lonely. And I was like, yeah. I, don't, I didn't really know how to answer that. I'm like, yeah, probably. And then she instantly just like, Man, he's got a lot of friends now, since he's created the world. Man, you're right. Absolutely does. And that's what he wants. That's what he says in the scripture. He wants to call us friend. He can be our Lord. He can, you know, we can be a servant to him. We, we can, we can um, give our lives to him. He can be the leader of our lives. And he also wants to call us his friend. It's just, it's an absolute amazing blessing that goes right alongside this gospel that we're supposed to be partners with him to go tell the world um, that, you know, we also can tell, yeah, we get to be friends, be considered friends to our the king, which is just a special privilege. And then she went on to tell me that she um, loves me 50%. I'm 50%. No, no. She said, I'm 50% her dad. God, but then she finished up with, God's 100% my dad. I was like, oh, okay, well, that's fine. <laughs> have somebody else have that other 50% besides God. So, uh, anyways, so he has friends, right? That's what Quincy told us. He has friends. Well, what about brothers and sisters in, in, um, in Christ, you guys, that claim that they're friends with Jesus and all these things, but their life looks like complete contradiction to maybe last week's teaching of abiding. What happens, you know, what about, what about we know those types of people? What about those people that, that do, that live like that? Let's, that kind of, that kind of shoots us right into verse 16. Let's look at it. You did not choose me. But I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. That your fruit should remain. That whatever you ask in the Father in my name, he may give you. These things I command you, that you love one another. So do you see where we're going to skip a little bit down into verse 16, but it goes right along with like this. Those people that we know that they claim to know Jesus and love Jesus, but their life lives in contradiction. So we're talking about believers, right? And our relationship with other believers. 
So we just kind of talk about loving each other and the rainbows and butterflies, and I'm not belittling that, literally loving each other, right? Well, what about this side of it? What about this side of it where we get to, we get to see the fruit or none of to go to our brothers and sisters and love them enough to help them and lift them up? God has blessed me with some amazing friends where we get to experience like I'm not, you know, like, I'm not doing as good and, you know, and they're on fire and, and just like conversation and talking and lifting each other up. And guess what? Everybody's working towards, towards Christ in that. Amen. And so it's important that we understand all this, you know, loving Jesus and loving people the way that he loved us. And then what is the reason, but, you know, that you, it says right here in 16, that you should go be a part of the, the partnership, right? You should go and bear fruit. And this is the part I underlined. I was kind of reading ahead after Rory was wrapping up last week. And it just stuck with me. That your fruit should remain. It should continue, right? Praise God we get to see that and help each other and lift each other up. As this friendship in Christ. Brothers and sisters. We're all going to stumble. Praise God that God gave us a family. This church family and body. To just like lift each other up. Talk about these things. Point each other to Jesus through these things. To go and bear fruit. And and bring more and more people to Christ. So he can shine through us. That first part of verse 16. You did not choose me but I chose you. Back in the day of Jesus, in, in this time period, disciples, and I don't mean these disciples, I just mean disciples in general, a student, a learner, they would go and they would seek the rabbi that they would want to learn from. They would go seek it out. they find a really good one, like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm learning under this guy, he's a good one, I went and found him. Jesus is trying to explain and make sure that we stay humble, where he says, no, no, no. This is a different, this is a different era. This is a different time. He's telling the disciples like, I chose you. You didn't choose, choose me. He makes it clear so we don't boast in that, you guys. And he chose us to do what? Obey his commandments and bear fruit. So I pray that for us, you guys. I pray that we would... We would remember these words. We would, man, we would remember, think back. Like when the Lord saved you, when the Lord came and got a hold of you and got your attention. And then remember what he did on the cross for you. And that's how he wants us to love our brothers and sisters in Christ. Deny ourselves in sin. Those run hand in hand. And love our brothers and sisters. The way Jesus loved us when he pulled us out of the pit. That I pray we never go back to. Ever. I pray he never finds us there. Even in stumbling or at any moment. In the end of that. Verse 17 again he says. These things I command you. That you love one another. Lord God we just come to you in prayer this morning. We just thank you for your word Father. I pray again, just said it a thousand times this morning, it feels like 
that, you would, that we would love our brothers and sisters the way you loved us. You gave it all for us, Lord. Make that more and more real that we wouldn't forget it. When we take communion, God, really, really prick our hearts and touch our hearts when we do that. When we think of you day in and day out. When maybe we're frustrated with a, a brother or sister in the body or um, there is just another brother or sister in Christ. That, Lord, would you just give us patience and long suffering and put them before us and just so that we could just watch you move in that, God. Do a work in us, bear fruit through us, God. We love you, Jesus, and we pray these things in your name. Amen.